so good uh, to be with you this Christmas. I um, wanted to start with just sharing a story. I remember it was several years ago, uh, many years ago, and Mark and I were in the middle of raising teenagers. And uh, for those of you who have uh, survived the teenage years, some of you parenting, some of you are right in the middle of it, um, you might understand this feeling. But I, I was worried about one of my kids, worried about, you know, was she making the right decisions? Was she running with the right crowd and all this? And I remember it was just one of the, it was eating away at me. And I, and I remember it was Communion Sunday, and I came to the altar, and uh, we were taking, you know, I'd taken the bread, I'd taken the wine, and, and Mark was actually serving, and so I'm there at the altar, and he's serving everybody else, and I just was pouring out my heart to God, just praying for my child, praying, praying as only, you know, a mama, grandmama, daddy, you know, just kind of those uh, groaning too deep for words kind of moments of prayer. And I'm um, I share this with you not to be weird, but, but I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me very clearly. And I, and I don't say this like it happens all the time, but this was one of those moments. And what I felt the Lord say just so clear to my heart was this. The darkness is not dark to me. The darkness is not dark to me. And in that moment, I think it, it would just, I, I could, I don't know. Have you ever had those moments where you just feel God's presence? You know he's there. And I think for me, the tension that I was feeling, and maybe you felt this maybe with parenting or maybe something else, but when our kids are little, um, you know, we can see, we physically can see them. Um, we have monitors now that, you know, you can actually see the child. Um, you can, you know, you have eyes on them if they're in a back bedroom playing with a friend. You can peek in that kind of thing. I was working at the time with a friend and, and her, the preschool that her kids went to, uh, they actually had cameras in the room. And so she could be sitting there at work. And if she wanted to see her daughter and how she was doing, she could literally click over to the St. Luke website and she could see her daughter's classroom. He had to have a special code and all the things. And I think one of the terrifying things about parenting and, and a lot of other areas too, is that you can't see your child at all times. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Fran, the darkness is not dark to me. The darkness is not dark to me. As we are coming to the end of this Christmas Advent season, as next this week many of us will be putting up our Christmas trees and sending our family away and putting the house back together, I wonder where you have experienced that feeling of, of maybe darkness, that feeling of where maybe there was a problem uh, that you couldn't fix. There is something going on in your world, and as hard as you might, you know that it is something that you can't fix. Maybe it is a person that you can't control. Maybe it is family drama that you experienced this weekend. Uh, maybe it is that feeling of darkness as you have walked through the valley of the shadow of death uh, as someone that you love very dearly uh, was not with you in this first Christmas season. Maybe there is a battle with sin that it feels like over and over and over the battle that you wage, uh, you'll win it to, you know, one step forward, then two steps backwards. And it feels as if there is a darkness that sometimes we experience that settles in. Darkness throughout the scriptures is often used to, to refer to a place of, of evil, a place of spiritual blindness. Uh, but it's also used to describe a place where, where maybe we have lost our way, when maybe we can't see what that next step is before us. 
and the words that John, the Apostle John, wrote in his gospel uh, that Mark read to you are these precious, precious words that I think the Lord wanted us to hear as I felt impressed on my heart for preparing this message. And it's this, is that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness is not dark to him. When John was sitting down, and tradition tells us that this is the Apostle John, the one who walked with Jesus, the one who was there at the cross that saw him crucified, the one that was there when he made the, the after the resurrection, one of the resurrection appearances that they're there on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus appears and he makes them breakfast. Uh, John, who is uh, imprisoned on the island of Patmos, uh, this same apostle, we believe that he is the one that, uh, that, that wrote down the story of Jesus' life. Uh, the one that we believe also that he was probably older in his life. And just imagine with me, if you will, I, I love to just, you know, the, the, we know certain things for sure. Other things we can just maybe try to fill in the blank with our imaginations. But, but, but tradition tells us that this is one of the older Gospels. Uh, possibly John was later in his life when he penned these words. And he's, he's trying to think, how do, I, how do I communicate who Jesus was? How do I communicate this man that I lived with, that I, I walked with for three years, that I watched him crucified, I saw him raised from the dead? How do I, how do I share this story? You know, he might have said, I know Matthew. Uh, you know, he started talking about, you know, the birth of the baby. Luke tells us all about the angels singing and the, and the shepherds and gives all this great detail. Uh, Mark just jumps to the chase and just starts telling us all about Jesus arrives on the scene and, and immediately, immediately. But John, so reflective, and he says, how can I communicate to my church and to the larger community who Jesus is? John begins like none of the other Gospels when he tells his Christmas story. And Mark read this to you, but he reaches all the way back to creation. And he says, in the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus. And the Word already existed. Jesus co-existent before creation had ever began, eternal with the Father. The Word was God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. He's taking us all the way back to the Genesis story, and he's, and he's kind of reframing this and reworking this and adding to it, helping us expand our understanding. And he says, the Word gave life to everything that was created and his life and this is the part that I just felt the Holy Spirit impressing on me for us to kind of focus on today but his life Jesus's life the word incarnate God became flesh dwelt among us it is his life that has brought light to everyone and the light, the light, Jesus, Jesus said, Jesus is the light. Jesus, this light, it shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. As we think about this Christmas season and the places where maybe you are feeling or experiencing darkness, where do you need the light? Where do you need Jesus to enter into and to spread his light and push back the darkness. As I think about the Genesis account, 
just to refresh our memories, it says in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says that the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, what did he say? He said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be light. Uh, Tim Mackey, who is uh, the founder of the Bible Project, but then he's also uh, a great Hebrew scholar. And he says that that phrase there, that the earth was formless and void, uh, he says that another way to think about that is that the world, it it was a wasteland, it was a wilderness, it was wild, and it was empty. But one of his insights in a commentary that he has on this passage, he says, here's the thing, when we think about the darkness that covered you know, that covered the deep, that covered the face of the earth. The darkness was covering the deep waters. He said, at this point, the darkness was not evil. Sin had not yet entered into the world. The darkness just meant that it wasn't a place for for humanity to inhabit. And God said, let there be light. And when he said that, he brought all of his creative, generative energy in, and he created time and structure and order in the meaning, in the midst of the chaos. He created the potential for weather, the potential for agriculture. All of these things he is bringing order out of this chaotic darkness. When Jesus steps onto the scene, he dispels the darkness. He takes what is dark and wild and waste and he brings order and he brings a great place of beauty and the benefit for the benefit of others. So John reaches back to the Genesis story. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then in the book of Revelation, uh, John, we believe he wrote this as well, he reaches forward uh, to the end of time. And he describes in, in Revelation 21, 23, and he says, I see this new heaven and this new earth, and it's coming down, this holy Jerusalem. And he describes the stuff that, I mean, it's streets of gold, gates of pearl. You know, we've got emeralds, we've got sapphires. He's describing this beautiful, beautiful heavenly city, which is, you know, where we as believers in Christ will one day live in eternity with God. But here's the thing that I love. He's still working with this idea, this image of light. And he said, the city, speaking of the new Jerusalem, he says, the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb is its light. Jesus, his glory, his very presence is light. As I think about going back to when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, the darkness is not dark to me. And it was a reference to, and y'all might be familiar with the Psalm 139, and, and David is writing, and basically he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I, if I make my bed, you know, on the far side of the sea, even there your hands will guide me. If I say, I'm going to hide in the darkness, surely the darkness will cover me. He writes, he said, even the darkness will not be dark to you. So thinking about all these images and all these metaphors that the scriptures have given us from Genesis to Revelation to the Psalms to the Gospels, that this light has shone in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. How do we live into that as we are heading into 2022? 
I want to invite you just to be real, real practical here. As I thought, this is this. I don't know about y'all, but these promises bring peace to my heart. You know, we can just sing the songs, and it just brings peace. But, but one of the things that the Lord began to do in my heart then, um, and I kind of want to share this with you, and then talk about how can we apply this to our lives, is that I began to when I prayed for my daughter. I began to use my imagination. So whenever I was feel that, that sense of I can't control what's going on, I can't fix it, I can't change it, I can't, you know, who knows? You cannot make your teenager do what a teenager does not want to do. You can try. <laughs> but you know it ain't gonna work. And, and so we all have those situations in our lives. The world today, I can't I can't control COVID. I can't control so many things. But what I would do is I would use my imagination and as I prayed for my daughter and I would think about, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, she's going out with her friends or whatever, and what to me felt so dark. I couldn't see, I couldn't control, I couldn't fix. I would just prayerfully imagine Jesus. The light of the world, the one to whom the light shines in the darkness. The darkness can never extinguish it. The one who said, the darkness is not dark to me. And I would pray and I would invite the Lord to go with my daughter into the night, into whatever she and her friends were doing on a Friday night, whatever they were doing on a Saturday night. And, and that began to become, for me, a practice that, that I began to um, implement into my life, really, over the years. So, you know, eventually, we do get through the teenage years, and I'm so thankful that I can go down the road here to the salon, and, you know, they can fix my grays that I got from all those years. Uh, Y'all might have some of those, too, if you're my age. But but what it began to do for me was to begin a, a, a spiritual discipline. And I've, I've learned later that there's actually a name for it. I just thought I was maybe kind of weird. But, but it's called imaginative prayer. Um, others have called it contemplative prayer. But it's where you take a passage of Scripture, maybe a story from one of the Gospels, maybe a story about Jesus. For this case, for me, it was, it was Psalm 139, 139 when I, it, you know, I just began to imagine that the darkness is not dark to God. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. The darkness can never extinguish it. And I just began to use my imagination to pray over my child, over my children, that the light would go with her as she went about her life. And it would bring great peace to my heart. Um, but one of the things that I think practically that I want to invite us to do, and I, and I really, I chose this because I, I felt like I might be wrong, but I think most of us who are here today, um, we are the faithful. <laughs> we are the ones that, uh, you know, who have walked with Jesus for many, many years, who, who know the scriptures. But I want to invite you to think about where is the wild and the waste for you? Where are the places that are chaotic? Where are those places that you are, you are feeling pressure because you can't control it you can't fix it you can't change it the places where it feels like the darkness is creeping in maybe it's someone that you love maybe it's grief maybe it's depression uh, maybe it's an addiction uh, maybe it is a chronic pain maybe you're in chronic pain uh, because of a back injury there's so many things that people experience in this life I want to invite you just to imagine and we're going to take just a few minutes here and do this at the end of this sermon um, at this message to imagine Christ, the light of the world, stepping into that darkness. Invite him to come in and to push back the darkness because here's the thing that we have promised to us here in the Gospel of John is that the darkness can never extinguish the light. 
there's a psalm that I love, and, and David, I think it's David, I'm not positive, it's one of the psalms, and they're talking about you know, the, just some of the battles that Israel has faced and how, how God was the one that delivered them. And there's this beautiful line, um, and the, the author writes, he said, it was your right arm, speaking of God, it was your right hand and your strong arm. And, and y'all catch this, listen to this. And it was the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. Isn't that beautiful? It was the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. Psalm 43, 3, send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. So I'm going to close here in prayer, and I want to just, I want to give you just a few minutes. We're going to have some time of silence where I want you to think about where are those places, uh, maybe in our world today, maybe it is COVID, maybe it's where you work, maybe it's politics, maybe it's something going on in your personal life where the light needs to shine. And I want you to pray that Jesus would enter into that situation, and he would be the light that dispels the darkness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.